0: Welcome to the Coach's Edge podcast dedicated to teaching, sharing, and learning the game. Thank you for joining me today. I'm your host, Steve Kramer of Kramer Basketball and founder of the Coach's Edge. Really excited for our episode today. But before that, I want to let you know that Edge.coach is live now to the end of the month of April, where you can register, become a Coach's Edge member, get access to all of our meetings, all of our presentations, past and present, our video archive, which just keeps growing, new drills, different pdfs plays strategies all of that good stuff team gets access to our our kramer basketball training app you get all that at coachesedge.coach join our membership time is running out only about a week left until that launch shuts down on this episode coach lance campbell croswell lexington high school varsity boys coach in michigan joins the show they've had one of the best seasons the best season in school history. They were one of the top teams in the state of Michigan this year and last year. Last year's season was cut off early due to COVID. And we have a great conversation of leading up from his last season last year, how that went, wrapping through this season and some of the big takeaways of what make that program so successful. What are some of the things that he really tries to focus on day in and day out with his team to build the culture to build the work ethic, to build the community among his players so that they can get the best out of each other every single day, and the proof is in the pudding. So really excited for you to get this episode. Thank you for listening. Let's get to the show. I'd like to give a warm welcome to Lance Campbell, Croswell Lexington High School, varsity boys, basketball coach. Thanks for taking the time to be on the Coach's Edge podcast.
1: I appreciate you having me. Uh, looking forward to talking hoop with somebody like yourself.
0: Always a good time to talk some basketball. And I'm fortunate to have been able to talk a lot of basketball with you this past year, which has been which has been awesome. Um, Coach, before we get into it, could you go backwards a little bit and just share with our listeners a little bit of what your season was like and how it finished last year and then moving into this current season?
1: Okay. Yeah. Uh, The 2019-2020 season, we were 20-1 and preparing for a district championship game against Yale. Um, And then the day before our district final, our season was shut down. And with a lot of uncertainty at that point, we didn't know what was going to happen. We felt like there could be a season, you know, it could be delayed two weeks. It could be delayed three weeks. The state was kind of leading us to the point where they felt like, you know, If things got settled down and went in the right direction, there would be opportunities to complete that season. But there was also a lot of unknown. I mean, we were dealing with something that a lot of medical personnel didn't have any idea how to handle it. So uh, a lot of uncertainty. And then, um, you know, we we lose two seniors that year. We come back this year with even more uncertainty. I mean, I was open and honest with the kids and told them that we may not have a season. And even when we were allowed to to gather and do some things, we weren't able to have physical contact. We were supposed to stay six feet away in Michigan. And uh, you know, so uh thankfully we were able to have a season. We ended up 19 and one and made it to the final eight and lost in double overtime to a great Ferndale team. But um, we won a league championship, a district championship, and a uh Regional Championship, which is, the, which is the first ever at Croswell-Lexington. So it was a great two-year run, and I was blessed to have amazing young men that came every day and gave me everything they had and gave our coaching staff everything they had, and and our community rallied around them. That was the, the unfortunate part of this year is we didn't have the luxury of having a lot of people at games because um, there was a lot of people locally and just outside of Croswell and Lexington that were rooting for us. and. And uh, it's easy to root for good kids, especially when they're good basketball players. And I think that's one thing we always try to emphasize is being a good person, that's going to take you a lot farther in life than what it is uh, being a good high school basketball player.
0: Absolutely. And that segues right into our first question of it's not just about how talented and skilled the players are. Culture is a very important piece of that. So you guys have had a strong culture, a strong community and team bond. How do you go about emphasizing that each day?
1: Well, I think we, we, we teach culture, we praise it. We talk about it a lot. We talk about camaraderie. We talk about doing things together. You know, I, and I think we, we focus on, you know, in the this year we weren't able to, but every year we, we have group. I mean, the whole team goes for the past two years prior to this year. Uh, We went to Central Michigan, we spent, we went to a game. Um, Kids get to stay with each other for a complete day and they get to learn about each other. And, and, you know, and we, I mean, a big thing about the culture part is um, we, we let it be known that if we don't have 13 kids, we don't have a basketball team. So we make everybody feel important. If we only have seven people show up for practice, it's hard to get better five on five. You know, so we need everybody. We need them to, to buy into the right things. And ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, there's going to be some great players that come out of this team. Hunter Soper being great, Tyler Johnson, uh, Jake Townsend. They were all first team all league. But a lot of those names may be forgotten about in 20 years. But on that banner, it's going to say regional champs, league champs, district champs 2021. And I think that it, it just goes like, hey, you know what? You're as important as as anybody, you may play limited minutes, but you come every day and give me everything you got in practice. And um, we emphasize just being a good person. Uh, You know, I I think that's what created a lot of people having interest in our basketball team, not only because we were good, but also because they're just fine young men. And um, three years ago, I had a judge who came in and got a haircut at the barber shop, and he's in his 80s and and he had no idea I was a basketball coach he didn't care much about basketball and I talked him and his family into going and the next day he called me you know and I've spoken to the guy like two times and he just like those kids are so fun to watch they're just good kids you can tell they work hard and they they when when things got rough they helped other teammates I mean the other team up and I think that, you know, I mean that, and, and you share those stories with those kids, with our kids so that they know people recognize you as more than a basketball player. They recognize your work ethic, your sportsmanship, and that goes a long way. Uh,
0: that's so, so vital. I mean, it's not what you say, it's what you do. It's your actions. You're valuing each player one through 13. Um, and when you work hard and treat people well, good things happen. People are gonna to wanna to be around you. People are gonna to wanna to support you. Um, and that's that's CrossLex basketball in a nutshell, you know. Um, with that said, coach, we've had the chance to get to know each other a little bit over the past year with uh, the Coach's Edge membership. How has that membership been able to help you this season?
1: Well, it, it, was, it was big um, for me to be able to go on there and look at individual skills set. You know, we can do that in practice. We can go to the multiplayer skill set and we can adapt, be able to contact for those first two or three weeks. We can go on. I can go on there and look for dribbling drills. I can go on there and look for passing drills, shooting drills. I'm, I'm open to anybody that's more knowledgeable than me getting advice from them. And obviously the, the, what you've done in, as a coach and as a player, I mean, you've, you've done a lot, a lot of great things on the court as a coach and, and I, uh, I love to listen to your stories and share them with our kids. And then um, your weekly meetings on Sundays. um, I think the most, I mean, they're all great, but the one that really opened my eyes when, when, when before our season started, when you had some coaches from Ohio and they were talking about how happy they were to be in the gym, but at the same time, how stressed out they were to be at the gym. You got parents and the athletic director and, and people in the community, Hey, how, how do I get in the game tonight? You know, and, and I, my grandma can't go to the game. Now my, my sister Susie's going to go or whatever. So it kind of prepared me for like, you know what, there's going to be a lot more than just X's and O's and coaching basketball this year with COVID. Um, if we do have a season, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to understand that there's going to be some stressful periods where we're going to have different people uh, asking for, for opportunities to get to games and there's going to be parents that are upset that they can't go and grandparents. And I have to be open-minded and understand that, you know, so, and then I, I mean, like there was other, several others, obviously coach Tro and, and AJ do a great job and just being able to bounce off ideas from, from different coaches and different avenues. And quite honestly, there were some of them I very rarely spoke on and there was others I spoke a lot on. And I mean, it's, it's just nice to hear what other people are doing and try to steal one or two of their ideas. And hopefully I can give somebody an idea or two, but um, there was a, I mean, the coach's edge is, is a great opportunity for me to get more knowledge. And it certainly did. I become a better coach this year from stuff that you provided us and from those conversations with other coaches on, Sunday evenings, I looked forward to them after a long week at practice and three to four, I mean, three games, I always looked forward to that Sunday conversation. Cause I, I, I know I can get better as a coach and I always was under the mindset, Hey, hopefully I pick something up. I can introduce it on Monday or in the next week. And, and, um, so it, it provided a lot for me and it obviously made myself better and it also made our team better simply because we were able to introduce some stuff that I I had never done before.
0: Well, that's awesome to hear. And and I'm, I'm sure other coaches would say the same thing about you, that having you as a member allowed them to become a better coach. And that's kind of one of the cool things, I think, is it's a community of coaches. They're all kind of supporting one another, learning from one another. So, yeah, you can get the membership and never go to a meeting and get access to all the drills and everything. But in my opinion, it's much bigger than that. It's a, it's a community, it's a support system. And uh, so it was cool for each coach to ha- be a small part of some of these other programs and other parts of the state and even other, other states around the, the country. Um, so, so back to your season, back to your season. The last few years, you've had unprecedented success at Crosslex first regional title ever this past year. And based on how the last season finished and who you brought back, people knew you were going to be really good. So then the wins start racking up. How do you go about keeping your kids grounded and working hard to get better every single day?
1: Well, I keep them grounded because several people I would I would go on social media and find people that doubted us. I would the first thing I would do after a win would look. I would go on some forum and try to find somebody that doubted us. And I would let the kids know, Hey, you know what? There's still, there's still a sports writer here locally, or there's, there's a guy in, in, you know, Detroit that says Croslox doesn't deserve to be in the top 25 in division two and and, you know, you, you keep them. I mean, we want to praise them, but at the same time, you, there's a lot, there's still a lot of self doubt. A lot of people don't know where Croswell Lexington is. It's just a team that's beaten up on bad teams is their thought process. That's why we we scheduled Carrollton who went 20 and one. They had the same record as us in t- 19 and 20, um, you know and they, we knew they were gonna be good this year. And that's that's a team with a lot of speed and athleticism. And I felt like it it, it only help us prepare for, you know hopefully regionals and beyond if we were able to make it that far. And then we scheduled the great Linden team who had a bit Mr. Basketball candidate, you know, so I think we, I, I try to self-motivate them um, in practices when we aren't playing well. I'll tell them, you aren't the fifth best team in the state. You, I mean, you're reading the paper too much. You're looking at what other people are saying. If anybody with any basketball knowledge was here right now, they probably wouldn't think we're very good at all. So you, you, you it, but at the same time, you build them up. You do say, hey, you know, we, we have the ability to make a long run. So you kind of give them some praise and and also a little doubt at times and just try to be um, open and honest with them and, uh, you know, and um, just keep them grounded and keep them humble. And I think it's easy to do when you're, when your best players are humble, Hunter Soper and Tyler Johnson, four year starters, uh, both are going to leave as two of the top five players in the, in Croslock's history, in my opinion, Hunter set three records, school records, um, points, rebounds, and blocks. Hunter was our third leading scorer all time at CrossLex. And when they're humble and they're grounded, they also, I mean, there's there was days this year, um, Hunter's a little bit more vocal than Tyler. Tyler leads by example, by doing everything right off the floor and just working hard in practice, but Hunter's a little bit more vocal. But there was times that, that Hunter got on kids, you know, and I didn't have to. And there was times that Joey Noel, another captain and Jake Townsend and Tyler, they got on kids. So um, there, there was motivation that, hey, we have an opportunity to do something great. Just try to motivate them every day that, I mean, we'd be we point at the regional championship up on the wall, we've never had one. Hey, you got an ability to do that, but we got to have the same mindset. We got to do, we, we have to come here with a purpose today in practice. And there would be days that we would shut down practice for two or three minutes. I'd bring them in and just be like, Hey, you know what, I mean, we might as well just go home if we're going to do this, you know, there's, there's bigger things. And in our, in our, uh, our assistant coach always said, you're preparing for the opponent you haven't met yet. You know, like, yeah, we can get by with beating teams by 30 or 40, but what happens when we, when we come across an opponent that we haven't seen that, that, we haven't played against a team like, you know, Goodrich with two really good, with two Mr. Basketball candidates. What's going to happen when we play them in the, in the regional. So, um, assistant coach is a great, great input as well. And, um, I think that that was something that we focused on like, Hey, every day we got to prepare for that opponent. We haven't seen yet. And we come every day and we got to be willing to get better in practice. And we got to be willing to, um, accept the opportunity if it's given to us. Um, I can be honest with you. Uh, when we played Ferndale, there wasn't one person that I seen on social media that gave us any chance of winning that game. And I'm sure 95% of those people never watched Croslux play, you know, and that was self motivation. We had talked in the in the locker room. I said there might only be 16 people in this gym that think we can do it. Uh, you know, us coaches and our in, in our team. I said, it's disappointing, obviously, to to not be able to go to practice tomorrow with the team. And, and you know, and um, but at the same time, I think it's gratifying knowing that people now know who CrossLex is. And I had probably 15 people from Ferndale after the game, you know, come up to myself or a coach or a player from CrossLex and say, be honest with you, we didn't expect this to be a game. You know, and then the guy from East Point, the uh, the gentleman that got us in and out of our locker room, same thing. He's like, you know, we just, we were looking at your record and we were looking at your teams you played and we just figured it was going to be a a route, you know? So, um, so I mean, it was unprecedented, but I think everybody believed that we could do it and um, just staying grounded and staying humble and, and understanding that, we may win a game by 40, but I would point out the things that we need to be do better. And we, or we may win by 20 or 30 or whatever. And we just focus on the things that we need to get better at. And, and there was people after games that would send me messages and they're like, dude, you're up 50 and you're like on your kids. And I said, well, because when I quit coaching that gives them freedom to be lazy or leisure and bad habits start.
0: I think that's such a important piece is, um, because I had another coach, I said, I was going to talk to you. And um, he was like, how do they, how do they keep playing so hard, even if they're up by, you know, so many points, the game is in hand, but you said it right there. If, if you're still coaching them hard, that gives them no leeway to not play hard, right? You're giving it everything that you can, regardless of the scoreboard as a coach, there's no excuse for anybody else to, to do anything different. That's a really great uh, piece of advice for, for coaches. If a high school coach or college coach were to walk into your practice for the first time, what were some of the things that they would notice?
1: Well, I think they'd notice team culture. I think they'd notice the fact that our kids get along well. Um, you know, uh, they're rooting for each other, they're pulling for each other when we're doing drills and whether it's the best player, or the worst player or, or somebody in the middle, you know, and I mean, they're building each other up. They're being confident with each other. I think communication is a big thing um, with us as coaches, but more so with the players. I mean, we do a lot of drills where they got to communicate and they got to talk and they got to be verbal. Uh, we, we've it a lot in practice. This is in a library. This is a basketball floor. This is a gym. You have the opportunity to yell and scream and act kind of goofy and no one's going to yell at you about it. You know, so you got to be able to be, be, uh, be able to communicate with your team and, and your coaches and have constant communication. But, um, I think another thing is we're going to, we're going to, we're going to preach a number of different things. in in that practice, we're going to do some ball skills where we're some passing drills. We're going to do some conditioning with passing drills. We're going to work on fundamentals with, uh, you know, with form shooting and, and different shooting, uh Drills and then we're also going to emphasize team defense, we're going to emphasize individual defense, I think we try to cover every aspect of every every part of basketball and every practice we we focus on fundamentals, first and foremost, but um, and we also let it, I mean we try to focus on the fact that without 13 kids there, we can not get better. And we try to let the kids know that they're an important part of it. And that's why I think kids work so hard in practice. We got three or four kids that very rarely touch the floor in meaningful games. But I don't recall one practice they showed up to this year where they didn't give 100%. 20 years from now, 10 years from now, five years from now, some people may forget about who was great on that team or who who, who didn't play a lot. But they'll see that name and it's never going to be something that can be taken off. Once it's engraved on there, it will never be taken off. And you're a valuable part of this team's success by what you do every day in practice. And, and also you're a valuable part of this team's success by what you do on the bench during games, by being supportive of the teammates and not being frustrated because you aren't getting quality minutes. Um, so I think a, a big thing is we're gonna work on a different number of different aspects. And we're also gonna focus on the fact that we're, we're hoping to include everybody and we want to be verbal. We want to communicate in practice. We get, we have to learn how to communicate. I mean, we gave up a little over 34, just under 35 points a game this year. Um, so our team defense was great. And we do a lot of team defensive stuff and we do a lot of individual stuff, but a lot of our team defense comes from starting with five on four and four on three and three on two drills where kids have to communicate and talk. I got ball, I got backs, you know, just being verbal and vocal. And then I think it leads to offensive success too. Like they're more willing to to call for the ball or they're more willing to demand Hunter go post up on a six foot guy, or they're more willing to to call for a screen on offense because they have open communication and in games, you got to communicate. Um, you know, I mean, we, we we're going to change defenses. We're going to run offensive sets and you got to, You know, sometimes there might be a kid that's a three that's got to play the four and and an out-of-bounds play. If you can't communicate and you can't uh, be verbal with each other, we're not going to get a good out-of-bounds play. If if you can't communicate with your teammates and tell him, hey, you're in the wrong spot. We just run four high and you're supposed to be a four man, not a three man. Then, I mean, I, I think a lot of it is just constant communication focusing on that and focusing on every aspect of basketball.
0: I mean, making sure you're communicating and no one ever regretted working hard. Um, So, I mean, if you're you're getting after it and you're covering those basic skills, there's really no no choice but to improve. And on your team, you had great team structure, team culture, but you also had great individual players. I mean, you got a couple guys just in the senior class that are going to go and play at the next level. So how do you balance making sure that you're playing as a team, you're unselfish, doing all those things that you need to do as a team, while still giving players that are that talented and that skill opportunities to do what they do to
1: be successful? I mean, sharing the ball, playing team defense, doing everything like that, it's going to, I mean, team success is going to lead to individual success. And um, to be completely honest, if we go 10 and 10 this year, Instead, so 19 and one. Uh, Hunter and Tyler aren't getting those opportunities at the next level, so I think they understand, and they're both humble and they're both modest, and they're they're both to the understanding like, hey, with with team success as we go up in the rankings or people start talking about cross locks, now they can now they can say, oh man, they had two really good senior basketball players. Kids, there's there's already coaches talking about some of our juniors and sophomores for the future. And without Hunter and Tyler this year and what they've done in four years, those, those sophomores and juniors wouldn't be getting opportunities probably already. So um, they're, I, I think our team's well aware that we want to share the basketball. We want to play great basketball. We want to do that type of things. But they're also well aware that, no, we have two incredibly gifted basketball players in the offensive end. And there's gonna be times that we're gonna take away that team strategy and we're gonna run an ISO for him, or we're gonna run a double screen for Tyler, or we're gonna run a post up for Hunter, or we're gonna run a backdoor for somebody, or we're gonna run flair for Jake Townsend when he was shooting the ball incredibly well, or we're gonna run a four high for Trey because you know we, we think that he has the ability to get get turned the corner on a five man, you know. So and and I think that also those kids know that we aren't just going to run a play for Tyler and Hunter every, every trip down. Like there, there's going to be opportunities for them. If we can, if we feel like we can take advantage of somebody, we'll run a play for somebody else. And, but they also understand that, Hey, if I'm willing to pass it to the next guy and he's willing to pass it to me, eventually I'm going to get open opportunities. And with that comes Now we got, now we got, now I'm making shots. Now they can't double Tyler. They can't double Hunter. Now we got that. And now I'm playing with more confidence because I know if I share the ball with somebody, I'm going to get it back in return. And, and I know that if I'm feeling it, hopefully coach calls my number and he gets me and he runs a set for me. And so the, the team aspect is something we focus on first and foremost, and then the individual part of it. Obviously, we have two incredibly gifted players and not just them two, but we're going we're gonna to do some things individually for them to get them opportunities. Your best players need the basketball
0: in their hands for team yes. success. They need to you know, have the humility to understand that at the same time, success doesn't happen alone. It's a team thing. And what I try to tell a lot of the players that I work with is, listen, every team has a leading score. Not every team has a winning record. Not every team wins a, wins a championship right? So if you have team success, now some more people are, there's going to be more eyes on you and they're going to start to get to see you play, right? You're putting up 20 a game, but you win two games during the season. There's probably not going to be a whole people, a lot of people curious about what your, what your game looks like. So um, the team, I'm going to steal
1: that because that's that's perfect.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I say, I literally say it all the time. Every team's got a leading score. It don't mean much. It really doesn't, (laughs) you know. Um, So that's something that I always try to to emphasize. Um, Before we get back to the rest of this interview, I want to take a quick break, a quick word from our sponsor. Before we get into our interview, we'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode, Richardson Automotive of Standish and Gladwin, serving mid-Michigan and the Thumb with their big three automotive needs. They have a wide range of products from Chevy, Buick, Ford, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge and Ram. They also have a large selection of pre-owned vehicles. With one of the largest selections of trucks in the state, they are sure to fit your needs. Standish and Gladwin, are truck country, stop in and see them today. And I can tell you from firsthand experience, they will get you right. When I lived in Ohio, I still went all the way up to Standish because I knew they were gonna take care of me when it came to getting a new vehicle. Richardson Automotive of Standish and Gladwin, they are all about service. Okay, welcome back. Um, Coach Campbell, as, as we're talking about uh, some of your your senior class, and you, you spoke about you know, a few players that are going to play at the college level, and they've kind of started to maybe lay a groundwork for some of the future players coming up. Can you talk about the difficulty of when you're in a rural area and I grew up in a really rural area across Lexington, a rural area, um, how difficult it can be to get exposure for players that have the ability to play at the next level.
1: It's a, it's extremely difficult as I, you know, I mean, we've never won a regional beyond, I mean, before this year. So when people think of Croswell, Lexington basketball, they don't think too highly of it unless there's somebody local. That's got an opportunity to watch us play last year, but, um, you know, with with what we've done over the last couple of years, hopefully more college coaches and more people take notice. Hey, Croslax is relevant, and hopefully it's just beyond these two years. Hopefully next year we're we're we come out and we have a great year, and not just next year, but beyond. So, um, and with that. Then you, younger kids want to be a part of it, so they're coming to their games. They're going to. They're, they want to be a part of the seventh grade and sixth grade and fifth grade basketball teams. But um, it's extremely hard. I mean, when to be completely honest with you, if I call a coach, and I have I have other coaches that I know that have had great success in high school. If they call a coach and I call a coach, they're more willing to listen to the to the other coach just because of what they've done. And I don't have much of a track record. and I don't have much of a voice because everybody's going to be biased. Everybody's going to call a college coach and tell them that their kid is is great. And another thing is, we don't get to play teams from Flint and Detroit and Grand Rapids and in some of those areas that are known for basketball. Um, Saginaw, we don't get a, we we don't get a lot of those teams in our roster. I mean, in our schedule, so we don't get to compare ourselves against some of the top notch players. So again, like people thought, I mean, I still think that there was a lot of people, even after we won our regional, like who, who the heck is Croslock's, you know, they still didn't believe. And, and I think some of the coaches at the college level think that, you know, and they look at our schedule and they see who we play. And they're just like, I mean, beyond, I mean, this year we played some tough competition and I thought we played a good schedule. The previous year, we played a Gross Point South team. That's a division one school. Uh, they won the MAC. We played a Northern team that won the MAC. We played St. Clair who won the MAC. I mean, if, if people want to question our, our non league schedule, we can show them. Like, we played three MAC champions in three different leagues in the MAC. We played a Richmond team twice, beat them twice that had lost three or four games, two to us. So it's like you got to start taking notice. I understand that we're at crosslocks and, and whatnot, but at the same time, like I can, I can send you film of what we, what our kids have done in AAU. And I think that's a big thing for us this year without team camps and without different avenues for us to play together this summer. Um, we had several kids in our program play AAU basketball and the NAIA coaches took advantage of that division three coaches took advantage of that D one and D two and couldn't, couldn't go watch. And then, you know, like I had a, a couple college coaches coach call me in June and like, man, this kid, this kid Soper, this kid Johnson, man, they can play. And I'm like, yeah, they're, they're, they're really good. They play at Cross Lux. You probably never heard of it, but, um, you know, they're, they're outstanding players and, uh, they got an opportunity in the AU circuit to play against really, really good players. And then for college coaches to see them perform well against those good players now they're thinking hey you know what we gotta we gotta focus on these kids Mm -hmm. and then as I said I mean there was college coaches that come to almost every game this year and because of that we got a point guard who's a sophomore and darn near every coach talked to me about him. As you know growing up in USA even though you had great success, you have a great coach, one of the best ever in the thumb and coach gains for I mean, it was, it was challenging. And I remember you talking to about it earlier, how you chose to go to central and then that created an Avenue for Jordan Bitzer that probably wouldn't have happened had you not been able to do what you did at the college level. So hopefully Tyler and Hunter, wherever they choose to go, they have, they have great careers and it cope creates avenues for those seventh and eighth grade kids or ninth and 10th grade kids right now that may not have been able to play at the next level because people start buying in and saying, hey, this CrossLux team has been good for four or five years. We got to focus on maybe going and watching them play or, or connect with one of their players and see what their their mindset is moving forward at the college level.
0: Uh, that's great advice and, and yeah, I can't emphasize enough the the opportunity to get out to, you know, some other team camps during the summer that are a little, maybe a little farther outside of your area, um, playing AAU to get some of that extra exposure. Um, as I shared that story with you, like we went to a CMU team camp, we're a small class C school. We win the whole team camp. All of a sudden CMU head coach is like, oh, who is this dude? Like we, you know, and then, so a little yeah. bit of that recruiting process starts. So they know USA. So even though I don't go and play at CMU, Right. A few years later, we have a player that, that does. We're, we're a little bit on the map now. And, and your your guys are starting to do that um, for that next generation, which on the topic of, of AAU, and you're a you're a multi-sport coach, right? We talk about multi-sport athletes, you're a multi-sport coach. How do you help your players balance playing multiple sports while also saying, okay, basketball is my main sport, so I also want to play. AU. That's a lot going on.
1: It is a lot going on. I, I, I am a Crosslocks fan, first and foremost, beyond a basketball coach. So I want the best for those kids. I mean, we, this year, when we started getting in the gym, I made it a point. We did not have a football player come to, to four man workouts. They had, I, I had a goal for them. Their coach had a goal, their teammates had a goal and the last thing they need to do is come mishandle a pass, jam a finger, do something goofy in one of our one of our workouts, roll an ankle, and then who's going to be the guy that, that everybody hates. Oh, coach Campbell, man, why is he got him playing basketball? So I make it known that if you're not in season, your priority is that that spring or fall sport and then when it comes basketball you better be devoted to me. And if you wanna do something outside of what we're doing basketball related, uh, if a coach wants to have you work out and I agree with the workouts or a coach wants to have you throw on a Sunday for baseball or throw a football, I'm all for that as long as I can see that it's not that it's not hindering you or hurting you. If you come to practice and I can tell your, your body's in desperate need of some rest and you're fatigued and you're not doing what, what is best for us in the basketball floor, then we'll, we'll have discussions to end all that other stuff. But uh, I think you, you, you got to encourage kids playing multiple sports. How, how, how can I justify saying, you got to come every day when I know you're just a good high school player, you're never going to be a college player. You got to come and give me everything you got in basketball every day. And then the following year or two years later, they're thinking, man, if I would have played baseball or if I would have played football or I would have played tennis, They can't relive those moments. They're never going to get an opportunity to do that anymore. Um, So cherish the time you have in high school, play everything you possibly can enjoy every possible experience and, and don't second guess yourself. I mean, I wish I would have done some things differently in high school. I focused solely on basketball and thought I had a opportunity to play at the next level and, and, and did and chose not to, because I, Cause I made some foolish decisions when I was 18, but I also look back as a junior. I mean, we had one of the best baseball teams in school history and that was my passion as a young kid. And then I just, I, I'm like, oh, I'm a junior. I'm not, I haven't played in two years, but I wish I could have, I, I would have played. I think I could have helped that team. I, I try to get kids to play everything. I never say, Hey, you got to be at open gym tonight. During football season. I never say you going to be at open gym during, like over the next couple of weeks, we're going to start four man workouts. And then after Memorial day, we'll have the ability to do some team related stuff. Um, Practice wise. And if there's kids playing track, I don't expect, I mean, running track or playing baseball. I don't expect them to be there. If you want to come shoot on the side for 15 or 20 minutes in the shooting machine, I'm okay with that, but you're not going to get involved physically and hurt yourself. And then, let your teammates down, your coaches down from another sport. So um, when it's basketball time, it's basketball time. When it's football time or baseball or track or tennis or golf or whatever that you need to focus solely. I mean, not solely on that sport, but that needs to be your main
0: objective. Mm-hmm. You know, I I, I wish more coaches had some of that mindset. And um, yeah, I've always said like, as, as a kid, you can't get that time back And there's a very short window where, I mean, you think of how cool it is. People are paying money, not very much, but people are paying money to come see you play. Like that is a really cool thing when you, when you think about it, when you're playing men's league, old man basketball, nobody's coming or whoever it is that, Hey, can you come watch me play? And they're going to be like, no, I'm watching the football game or whatever's on TV. It's, it's a really cool thing. And um, given kids, taking some of the pressure off them and just saying, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Like, do you want to play basketball and then do you want to be in the band or do you want to do like, maybe you're at a school and there's a lot of other extracurricular activities, not just sports. And you want to kind of have this even more kind of uh, arts style while you're doing playing one or two sports, or whatever that might be, do what you want to do because the opportunities to do those things are limited as you get older. it's a really cool thing to have. And I just wish more coaches had some of that, that mindset with them. Um, And then it's all in, like, if if you're in the gym, it's on, let's go. Uh, That's really, really key. Um, You mentioned when we were emailing before how important adaptability is to you as a coach. So why is that really one of your keys to coaching?
1: I think you gotta, you gotta be willing to adapt and adjust. If we, if we go in with a mindset that we're going to play 32 minutes this way, and we're not going to change and, and somebody Mm -hmm. comes out, I mean, another team or coach comes out with a different strategy and Hey, we've been, uh, you know, we, we, we think they're going to play zone and they come out and play man to man, you know, we got to adapt and we got to adjust. And I think there were many a games. If you watched us play this year, uh, we did that. Uh, um you know there was games that we pressured for 32 minutes and and we pushed the ball in transition there's games that we we pressured for five minutes and we, we didn't push the ball as much in transition you know because we felt like hey that they're they're gonna get back and we don't wanna we don't want to have dumb turnovers by trying to be over aggressive or they have extremely athletic gifted guards and we don't have to we don't want to get caught in a double scenario or tr- where where they blow through a double and now they're five on three with the best player on the floor or one of the best players on the floor with the basketball so we had to adjust I mean we played uh 24 minutes of zone against Ferndale we played about six minutes a man and then we went to a two three we played a little one three won a couple different possessions and we primary defense in that game was a one two two and, you know, and I think that's what we had talked about earlier. You know, if a college coach comes in, what's he gonna notice? I, I think we focus on those different aspects of defense every day. We work on a two-three zone, and maybe not daily, but weekly. We work on a one-two-two half-court trap. We work on a one-two-two two, uh half-court zone defense. We work on a one-three-one. We work on you know, doubling in off screens and we work on switch and we work on those different aspects and you got to be able to adjust and adapt. And quite honestly, we didn't double in the post very often this year because we didn't play a lot of teams with great post players simply because that's not something a lot of teams focus on anymore. But had we won against Ferndale, we would have been doubling their six, seven guy in the post or their six, seven guy in the post and we would have had to make some adjustments I mean, we want to play cross basketball. We want to play great team defense. We want to share the ball. We want to do those type of things. But at the same time, if you don't do what's necessary in that 32-minute window, then you're not going to give yourself or your or your players the opportunity to be productive or to, to be at their best. If we just go in and I'm going to say, we're going to, you know, we're going to play off number 23 all night. Cause he can't score. Or we're going to, we're going to double this guy all night. Or we're going to go in there and we're going to play strictly man to man. Cause they don't have good enough guards and five minutes into it, we're down 10, nothing. You know, I mean, you got to be able to adapt and adjust and uh, and from an offensive standpoint too. I mean, you know, maybe we'll, uh, there were certain games where we felt like we had a huge advantage by, by putting their five man in the, in ball screens. So I'm going to, you know, Hey, we're, we're going to go outside of realm and we're going to run a lot more ball screens with our five man high, or there's going to be times where we felt like we could go in the post and take advantage of, you know, somebody might've been six two playing against their six, four, six, five guy. So we're going to go into that game and we're going to, we're going to try to throw the ball in the post. And if it doesn't work, then we, as coaches can't be stubborn enough to say. That's what we prepared for, for the last two days in practice. We're just going to keep throwing the ball in the post. Eventually we're going to make shots. No, we got to say, hey, you know what? At halftime or the end of the first quarter, we aren't having the success we thought we were going to have. To we were gonna have. They've made some adjustments, they've taken it away. Now we got to go to a different approach and a different mindset. So, um, and, and you got to have your kids adapt. You got to have them ready to adapt and you got to tell them they got to be ready to adapt. I mean, You know, um, if there's, if, if we put kids in situations where we tell them, Hey, you know what, you're just a shooter or you're just a ball handler or you're just a defensive guy. I mean, there might be times where, where you double a Hunter Soper and Joey Noel or Carson Bowling or Nolan Durant or somebody that isn't a big scorer, they're doubling off of them. And Hey, now you're going to be a more vocal, I mean, a more, uh, integral part of our team tonight. You know, you might get eight or 10 points off just slash cuts when you you get when somebody, when your guy leaves and goes double. So I think you got to have adaptability and, and you got to be willing to make adjustments and can't be stubborn to the fact that you're going to be, you're going to go in with a one, one objective and just do that. Um, if we're having success with that, then you don't have to adapt or, as much, but yeah, you're not having success. I mean, we got to put our kids in situations to be successful. And
0: I think you mentioned one of your assistant coaches said you're preparing for a team that you haven't played yet. And so for coaches that are just doing one thing all the time, and eventually you come up against that team who says, okay, yeah, but we can handle that. What else you have? And you don't have anything else in the bag. Now you're going to be in trouble. And, um, you know, playing that zone, for example, in that game gave you, you know, a great opportunity to to win a game that maybe you don't otherwise if you're only just giving them one look for the entire game. The higher level of basketball you go, usually one look good coaches right at the high at the farther you go up. Great players. They're going to be able to figure some things out. They're going to make adjustments and you're doing that same thing offensively and defensively, which is really, really key. Uh, I love that. Um, with your team specifically, one of the things that stood out to me was how much depth that you have, you know, when, when, from the outside looking in and, and you're watching your team saying, okay, there's a couple of guys on this team, probably got a chance to play at the next level. But then it, for anybody who watches you guys play, there's great depth. There's great depth coming off the bench. Everybody is playing hard, good basketball IQ, sound skill set. but there's only 32 minutes in a game, right? Times five. So how do you communicate playing time when you have that much depth on one team?
1: Uh, we're, we're pretty fortunate the last two years because we had some really good players that, that sacrificed playing 16 or 18 minutes in blowouts and never once complained about the fact that, you know, uh, uh, the 10th or 11th or 12th or 13th guy played as much as them or played eight or 10 minutes and took away some of their, their individual success probably because they didn't get on the floor as much, but we try to let kids know from day one, kind of what their role is going to be. um, We're open and honest with them. And sometimes kids don't want to hear honesty. They'd rather have you lie to them and tell you, Hey, you're going to, you're going to play. And then by game seven, they're not playing. And, and, and we say roles can change and we, I mean, day, day one or game one might be different from game seven or eight. And I think another thing is we, we you know, you know, with different situations, there may be kids that play 10 or 12 minutes in and in ne- never step on the floor for two games because of matchups. Hey, they're bigger, they're faster, they're stronger. You may be a kid that plays a little bit more tonight, but, um, the depth part of it, uh, just trying to keep everybody involved, trying to be honest with them, trying to let them know that they're 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 part of the team for a reason, and when they get an opportunity, take advantage of it. Um, but also, I mean, with with great culture, with great kids, we we I, I, quite honestly, I mean, I would I wouldn't trade our, my team for anybody. Um, just simply because they're outstanding young men and they accept it. And with great kids, you can do that type of stuff. You can, you can go deeper in the bench and you, and some, some of those kids that may not play as much or, or, you know, those starters never complain about the fact that second or third groups playing a lot. And, you know, I could have scored 20 into the 15 if I would have played in the fourth quarter, but um The the depth part of it, it, uh, another thing is, I mean, you get, the great thing is if you, you have a bad week in practice, you might've went from the sixth man or seventh man to the 10th man. So they have to come every day and they have to give me everything or give our coaching staff everything they have every day. Because if you take a day off, it's not, I mean, you, you could now have somebody take advantage of their, the opportunity. And now they're, they're eating up your minutes a little bit more, Mm -hmm. but Keeping everybody happy wasn't a challenge this year. I don't depth because you have options, foul trouble. This year depth was big. We never had an issue with COVID other than one kid missing a couple games. But, um, on a year like this year, you know, had COVID hit us and we would have had some key players out, I think creating that depth early would allowed our, our team to know that, Hey. You know, you, I've been on the floor in critical situations. I'm okay with this. My mo instead of playing eight minutes, I might play 12 or 15 tonight. But, um, so from a depth standpoint, uh, it's, it's challenging because you, you, I mean, like you said, there's 160 minutes, we got 13 kids. I've told them before, like ideally everybody plays 12 minutes and 30 seconds and we all we win every game, we win a state championship, <laughs> we all make all league and we all um so kids have to sacrifice when they see players that are starting playing 12 or 14 minutes and blowouts and not complaining about it. Well, how can I as a role player complain that I only played five minutes in a in a game? So um That's a it goes part. a lot from the starters and the leadership they provide. And it trickles down. You mentioned some, some great pieces. One there,
0: starting with honesty, obviously is key. If, if, if we start with dishonesty, there's a whole nother issue of problems that are going to come, come later. Even if you're telling them what you want to hear now, they're going to get what they did, what, you know, you lie, you lie to them. Right. So being honest yeah. is key. You mentioned the scouting report, which, if you combine honesty with, with the scouting report and saying, listen, this is the team that we're playing. Here's their strengths and weaknesses. Here's how it looks with our strengths and weaknesses and our roster. And so this is a little more of who's probably going to get some more minutes. I think that's really key. Um, it builds a really competitive environment from a practice standpoint, which makes everyone better. Um, it's a great problem to have. And if, if your players at the top are, okay and happy about the team success instead of, okay, if I play another five minutes, maybe I'm gonna get another five points and all that stuff. That's a great way for a um, of form of leadership from the top down that, um, everybody can, can learn from, um, coaches, we finish up this, this podcast and pick your brain here with some of the best advice that you've received as a coach.
1: I've, I've received a ton of great advice, but, uh, I think just being yourself, I've had coaches say, Hey, you, you you gotta be yourself. But um, I've had coaches tell me one day you gotta, you gotta just be willing to uh, go in there and hug kids. And the next day you gotta be willing to jump on their butt and demand more. But um, I think a lot of it just, just be true to what you are, believe in what you do and, and, you know, set it, Set an environment that, that is something that kids want to be a part of. And I'll be honest with you. I I got, I mean, three great assistant coaches. I have one who has a law degree, one who's an engineer, one who's an educator and then has a a construction business. So it's, I mean, when, when we share those stories about those three guys, it's, it, it, it's easy for the, for the, for the team to say, Hey. Um, you know, these, these, these three guys are great people and what they, we, we have to buy into what they have to say and work ethic. I mean, like you gotta, when I come in there and I, you know, they, they see three educated people and Hey, every day we're going to come in here. We're going to, we're going to grind every day. We're going to, we're going to give everything we got. And more importantly than anything the best advice I got is you're going to go out there and you're going to compete and you're going to give a hundred percent. And if you go out and compete and give a hundred percent, you have the ability to do what these guys have done in life. You have the ability to be, to get, to get a law degree. You have the ability to be an engineer. You have to be the ability to be a construction, uh, own a construction company, those type of things, you know? So um, I think it's it work ethic. Working, I mean, just going in and competing every day. But, um, but another important piece of advice I got from from uh, coach is you got to let kids know how much you appreciate them. And, uh, you know, I I think we do that on a daily basis. And if not on a daily basis, at least a couple times a week, we let them know how much we appreciate them. And, and with that, I think kids are more more uh, likely to work hard for you when you jump on their butt but after practice you can say hey I care about you and if there's ever anything you need outside of basketball or or in basketball I mean if it if you're having issues at home or having issues with a girlfriend I hope that all those kids know that they can call me and talk to me and hopefully I can direct them in the right direction and give them sound advice but um And, and coach Roberts, my, uh, one of my former coaches, uh, you know, uh, he's, he's probably got a hundred different things that I could tell you what he's told me, but uh, I, I mean, just let kids understand you care about them and let kids know that, you know, we, you're going to come and you're going to give everything you got today. And that's an important thing. I mean, John, John Hall, a great coach at Elmont. You know, I have great conversations, but another coach of mine, he's like, you just got to establish the fact that, um, this isn't going to be open gym. This is going to be we're, you're going to go to practice and you're going to treat it like a job. And I've told kids that all the time, like, we're going to, we're going to treat this like a job. If somebody was in, if somebody watches you play basketball and thinks, you know what? You're just not, you don't give a lot of effort out there. Or if somebody watches you play basketball and says, man, that's, that's a kid that I own a business. I want to employ that young man in the future because he gives me everything he got.
0: You mentioned in the beginning, you know, be you, do, do your thing. And, um, you know, for anybody listening, you're the best in the world at one thing that's being you, right? Nobody else can be as good as you as you are. So don't try to, somebody else do the best that you can your your work hard listen continue to learn strive to be the best that that you can be that's what's going to leave an impact and make the world a better place and you know you talked about the work ethic and I really like that you mentioned the communication of letting people know your players know how much you appreciate them and I think as a overarching team that's a that's something that in general we need to do more often in life is let people know how much we appreciate them. That goes a really long way. And uh, your kids, because you've done that, your kids are gonna remember that as much as they're gonna remember the championships and the wins. Everybody wants to be appreciated. Everybody wants to feel appreciated. And they're gonna look back on, have fond memories of that because they knew that their coach appreciated who they were as a person, the effort that they brought, that stuff is great. So as we finish the podcast coach, I just wanna acknowledge you for, for what you're doing. Congratulations on a, an awesome season. The the accolades from uh, as a coach, as a team, from the individual standpoint of your players, they continue to to roll in as the season has finished up. It's been really cool to to see and uh, be able to follow along as you've you've gone through uh, this really unique uh, ride. So thanks again for being on the Coach's Edge podcast and keep doing what you're doing.
1: I appreciate you. Uh, we wouldn't had the success that we had this year. I I know in fact. If- if I didn't get involved in the coach's edge and hear some of the stuff that you provide us and and those com- weekly conversations. And then just when I'm looking for a new drill, going going on your website and finding different avenues to make myself better and make our players better. So um, uh, you're, you were like a fourth assistant coach from South Carolina and, <laughs> and I appreciate everything. And uh, I'm, uh, that, it, it, it's just great for our individuals so, to get the success they had, but ultimately that that team success is, is what we thrive, strive for. So um, it, it was fun. It was great, and I appreciate, again, everything you've done for me, and uh, and I push as many coaches in your direction as possible because I know, unfortunately, you'll make them better, so it's going to make them better. <laughs> <laughs> probably end up beating me because of it but that's fine because I think we pull for each other and coaches appreciate the fact of uh, I mean it the coaches that don't think they need any advice from anybody else are probably never going to get better and they, quite honestly they're probably not that good to begin with yeah. so I know but, that I have several avenues to grow and and I appreciate the fact that one of those avenues is uh getting information from yourself and from the other coaches as members
0: well, I appreciate, I appreciate that. Kind words. Your check's going to be in the mail. Don't worry about it. So oh, um, I don't need
1: that. It's <laughs> it, it, it just being honest. Like I am with our players I'm being honest with you. You were, uh, uh, that's you good were very much a part of our team success this year, even though you may not think that. It was fun to to be
0: kind of a small piece along for the ride, following you guys, watching your game film all the, all that good stuff. Um, it was, it was a lot of fun and, um, you guys do a great, great job up there. So easy, easy to, to not just, you know, essentially work for you. Um, but it, it was easy to, to pull for you as well, which was, which is really cool when you're in the business that, that I am, and you get to work with a lot of coaches and meet a lot of coaches. Um, it's always nice when, you know, the character of somebody you're like, yeah, I'm going to help them, but I'm really, really, really pulling for them you're one of those people. So um, again, coaches, everybody listening, thank you for listening to the coach's edge podcast. We hope that you found some benefit. We hope there was at least one thing within this episode uh, that you can take, you can apply to to your game, to your life, to the kids that you, you work with and um, a positive rating review that goes a really long way as we build the coach's edge podcast. And as always get after today. Thanks again, coach.
1: Thank you. Have a great evening.